1: set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasures
0: but these two mountains, one lush and, and productive, but the other one barren and dead. This would have presented a very vivid picture to the people of Israel that disobeying God or obeying God would bring about different results. If you disobey God, bad things happen. If you obey God, man, productive, it's good. And you know, they're reading these curses on the, the barren mountain and they're like, it's hot, man. There's nothing here. And, and we heard another curse. Amen. I, I agree to that. Well, then they read the blessings and the people on the blessing mountain, they're like, Amen. Sounds good to us. And we're sitting pretty over here. Can you see the visual that would go on? Man, you're not going to forget that. You're not going to forget it. And so in Deut- Deuteronomy 27, that's how they read all this, followed with, Amen. I agree. And so this is how the Israelites came back into rightness with God by agreeing to his laws and statutes god help our generation today who has turned their back almost completely on god's laws and statutes what god's word says is sin guess what it's still sin nothing changed you can't parade it out you can't shake your fist in the street you can't protest it out it's sin it's sin it's sin it still is And my best advisement is have nothing to do with it, even however politically incorrect it is. I don't care about political correctness. I care about biblical correctness. I want to please my God. And so the Israelites are coming back into rightness with God. But you see the list of tribes that were instructed by Moses to stand on Mount Abel. Why were they picked to stand there? What's with them? You know, I'm okay with the guys standing on the blessing mountain, but what's with these guys standing on the cursed mountain? Why did they get picked for that? Um, I found some information that these tribes on the mountain of the curse, they were descended from men who did very sinful things that tainted the family line. And it was well dug in their heads. I remember our forefather way back. He did this terrible thing. And that mess is still in our family today. We have to go and acknowledge the cursings because we got the most trouble. We are the ones that need to really hear it. See, you know, like when a kid does something wrong, you stick them in the corner because that's a place of Curse. And you tell them what they did wrong, and they're like, okay, I get it. You know, that's kind of what's going on here on Mount Ebal in in, uh, the the mountain of curse and blessing. It's kind of like putting them in the corner for a minute. It's like, I want you to remember, this is bad. Don't do this. Having these certain tribes stand on Mount Ebal saying amen to the curses would cause them to seriously reflect on the sins of their forefathers as a warning not to repeat it. Don't do this again. It's already in your family line. You don't need to double it up. You don't need to triple it up. Stop doing that. They were not placed there to be cursed. They were there to be reminded what would happen if they disobeyed God. And this is not just for Israel. If God would do this to his own chosen people, what do you think he would do to Gentiles? <laughs> Guys, we got to get right before God. I've been doing it my own way. Well, how's that working for you? Hmm. I thought so. It's time to start following God's ways. And so they're reminded here before you go in, here's what God says not to do now for the full list of the curses. I'm not going to go through it, but read Deuteronomy 27 and 28. I just gave you a small sample and with free will, you get to choose to obey. And with that comes blessing. You know, you can choose to obey or disobey. It's up to you. I can't make you do anything. That's your choice. But you do not get to turn and disobey God, live your life on your own terms, and expect God to bless it. He won't. Well, that's not fair. That's your choice. You want to go that way? Go ahead. But if you want to obey God, well, that's where the blessing's at. That's the way God works. And so those on the lush mountain of Gerizim would hear and agree to the blessings of obedience. Deuteronomy 28 and 1. He commanded them to do this. Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. I like that right there. That's a highlight moment. The blessing shall come upon you and overtake you. If you do what? If you, if you listen, obey the voice of the Lord your God, but that's how blessing comes. People want to live their life on their own terms, but they want the blessing. It doesn't work like that. You have to listen to God. Do you read the Bible? No. Do you go to church? No. Do you pray? No. But I expect a blessing. I don't know what planet you're from, buddy. doesn't work that way. He gives example. He gives it to Israel. Now, this is for Israel, but we can still apply it for us today. This is for Israel at the moment that we're reading. But still, you got to listen to the Lord your God, Jew or Gentile. You can't expect a blessing if you won't listen to Him. And I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it through the camera. There are people who are hearing me right now, and they're just waiting for me to move to the next point and whatever, da-dee-da. I'm telling you, if you don't listen to God, if you don't put in the time to understand who God is and who He says in His Word, and if you don't actively pursue to know who He is to do what He says, you cannot have blessing. There's the solution for your life that is going so wrong. Turn around, repent, and get right with your God. He has a way to live life. Okay, now we can move on. All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. And they list the blessings. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. You know, we certainly need that. Bless our basket. The basket is your income. Lord, fill our basket. That's what we pray for when we need the ministry finances here. And when, when you need to, to have a little extra, Lord, bless my basket. That's what all America is saying. Lord, give me that prosperity. Name it, claim it. Well, okay, something precedes that. You've got to listen to God. You've got to do what He says. Oh, don't tell me that part. I just want the blessing. That's America today. It's off. It's way off. Again, don't bring your hewn stones in here. The government's not going to fix it. God will. Listen to the Lord your God. That's a sample of the blessings. They read on why it's right to obey the Lord. So here's the big scene. Israel's being reminded what happens if they obey and what happens if they disobey. And they're given the opportunity to agree to it before they occupy the land. It's like, before you come in, sign here. It's like, before you take this apartment, you need to sign on the line. God's like, I want y'all to agree to what the, my, my statutes, my rules, before you come in and take ownership. So read the blessings, cursings, amen, we agree, okay, you're good. You're reminded of what the terms are. And that's God telling us how to live life, to live a good life. Or if we mess up, what's going to happen if we don't listen? The Israelites here in this moment they were not at mount sinai a long time ago god gave the law to the israelites at mount sinai and a lot of the, most probably most all of these people weren't there because a lot of time had passed and so he's instructed moses instructed joshua to reenact the mount sinai experience to these israelites who would now go and to live in the land they're being reminded again they needed to be reminded how to live right before god and they're here now at this valley of decision. I call this message, Joshua 8, part 2, the valley of decision to come to a choice on whether they're going to live God's way or their own way. And this is something we all need to really get a hold of today. This is for us even today. Are you going to live God's way? Or are you going to live your way? You know, your way doesn't work. You've already experienced that. Some, maybe you're still not there. You're still learning. Eh, maybe I can pull it off. I'm telling you, you won't. You're going to fall. And it's going to be public, and it's going to be painful. And it's probably going to even be embarrassing, too. Or today, just go ahead and turn and give it to God and do things His way. Wow, what a nice warning. I wish somebody had pounded into my head a long time ago. They have a choice to live God's way or their own way. And there might be some of you in the room, podcast, radio, whatever, you're in the same spot. You're at your valley of decision. You're hearing this message. You know there's a way to live and a way not to live. And you just ain't made that choice yet. You better make that choice because consequence comes with not listening to God. And it is very serious and you can't beat Him. Genesis 12 and 3. I want to show you something about this location. This location corresponds with a verse many of us know. In Genesis 12, 3, He says of Israel, He says, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This is why we have Dove Schwartz speak to us from Israel. This is why we give to the ministry, to, to, to Jews in Israel being told about that Jesus is the Messiah. We bless Israel as much as we can because of that verse. I will bless those who bless you. I want to be blessed. So you've got to bless the Jews. You've got to bless His chosen people that we've been grafted into. Thank God He gave us that option. We bless them, we get blessed. Now, if you read on, I'll show you right here. If you read on to Genesis 12 and 6, right there in that same little area, it says, Abram, who was Abraham, passed through the land to the place of Shechem. As far as the terebinth tree of Moreh and the Canaanites were then in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said to your descendants, I will give this land. So you remember the picture I showed you with the two mountains and Shechem in the middle. Abraham stood right there. Where, the, where Joshua and the Israelites are at now. This is where God said, I'm giving your people this land. That's where he promised it. Right there. And right there at Shechem, where Joshua's at. The very same spot. He told Abraham, I'm going to give your people this land. And he told them that 500 years before Joshua is now standing there. 500 years prior. So this location at Shechem is the best place to be reminded of God's promise. Where God says, I give it to you here. Let's be reminded here. Guys, I want to tell you something else. God offered you a promise at the cross of Jesus Christ that I have made a way for you here that you can be saved. I want to get you back to thinking about the cross and be reminded that that's where the promise was made. And so 500 years later, now they're here. You know, time doesn't make God forget. Well, that's 500 years ago. Everybody forgot by now. Now, let's just evaporate that promise. No, God remembers his promises. He keeps them. You know, if God says, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, if he says that, you think it means anything different 50 years later? It means the same thing. You give yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. Hallelujah to that. How could you sleep if you couldn't uh, believe in that? So this is where the promise was given 500 years before. And now here we are 500 years ago and bam, now we're here. Here we are. What a moment. Israel's in the land. God always makes good on his promises, doesn't he? I can't remember what I did yesterday. But God remembered 500 years later, I made a promise, I'm going to keep it. You know, there's people always say, there's nothing God can't do. I'll tell you something he can't do. God can't forget a promise or break one. That's something God can't do. He keeps his promises. Oh man, if you've given your life to Christ, you better be thankful he keeps those promises. Because he does. Joshua 8 and 34. And afterward, he read all the words of the law, the blessings and the cursings, according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses had commanded, which Joshua did not read before all the assembly of Israel with the women, the little ones, and the strangers who were living among them. And so everybody's now reminded in the valley of decision. That's the same thing I want to leave with you today. I want to remind you of your valley of decision. You can either choose to obey and listen to the Lord your God and experience blessing. Or if you get caught up in your own way of doing things and you forget to listen to God and you stop listening to God, you start experiencing curse. You ever wake up and go, oh, why me? Why does this always happen to me? Well, guess what? We're the sinner here. That's why you. That's why me. I'm a sinner. And there has been curse in my life because of it. So it's good to be reminded of how much better it is to obey God, do things His way. And so the Israelites have a decision to make. In Deuteronomy 28 and 1, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the Lord your God, to observe carefully all His commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations, and all these blessings shall come upon you. Remember that. All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Or they will choose disobedience. That was obedience. Here's disobedience. Same thing. It shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all His commandments and His statutes which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. So you got a choice. You can be overcome and overtaken with blessing. Or be overtaken with curse. It's your choice and I can't choose it for you. Your closest friend, your wife, they can't choose it for you. It's you alone. Now, these two passages, it says what will overtake you. If you listen, blessings. If you don't listen, curses. Which will you be overtaken by? I've given the message now. I'm, I'm done. It's off the hook for me. I've done the best I can with God's word to the best of my ability from what his word says. On why it's best to turn from doing things your own way, and I know somebody in here is just chomping down on their tongue because this is really digging in them. They're recognizing, realizing they've been doing it their own way, and that's what the problem is. Well, guess what? There's a solution right here in front of you. Listen to what God says to do. Well, that means I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go to church, and that means I gotta. I'm not saying church is your answer. I'm saying God's your answer. And if you listen to God, and he te- if He tells you to go to church, which, by the way, His Word does say to do it in Hebrews 10, just putting that out there, <laughs> you should do it. Well, that means I've got to give something up. Yeah, that's what the altar's for. That's what the altar's for. It's a place of consecration, sacrifice. Here's all the stuff I give up, God. Go to this altar, no hewn stones. My religion's not in it. Heap it up there, burn it up. It's gone. Okay. Okay. All that of my own stuff, bye-bye, it's out of here. That's what God wants. That's what the altar was for. If you just realized, someone here just realized that they are now the one at the Valley of Decision. You've been overtaken by curse. You've been overtaken by curse heavily. And you're tired of it. You're sick of it. I've been there. I've been there more than once. I got tired of it, fed up. I can't get nothing done. Everybody's on me. Well, that's because you're being overtaken by curse. You want to be overtaken by blessing, by God's blessing. Then today's your decision day to start obeying the voice of the Lord your God so that the blessings will overtake you, washing the curses away. To do this, it takes Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not going to read the law to you because that law is written on our hearts. This is possible to get under the grace of Christ And have Him wash your sins away and take care of the curse. This is all possible because Jesus brought in a new covenant. A new covenant that we can be under. We don't have to stand on a cursed Mount Ebal anymore because it was replaced by Mount Calvary where the blood of Jesus Christ was spilled for our sin, for our curse. And the blessing of Mount Gerizim is now replaced by the Mount of Olives where our blessed hope, Jesus is soon going to set foot on when he returns to rule the nations and claim back his people. That's the mountains we have now. So if you haven't given yourself to Jesus as Lord and Savior, then realize that an altar is where you devote yourself. An altar is where you devote yourself. And it's where you sacrifice. And we can set up an altar in our hearts. Set up an altar in our hearts that I'm going to give up all this. And now I'm going to follow you. You've heard this message a million times. You know it. You've heard it. I know that, Ray. I know that. Have you swallowed it down into your heart yet? Where it becomes an actual belief? Or are you just keeping it up here in your head? It's time to swallow that pill and get it down in your heart where it becomes real. Show that picture. That is Joshua's altar. That's it. The one. They discovered it around 1980. And the archaeologists that found it I've seen a picture of him. He doesn't have a whip and a hat and all that. But he, the guy that found it, he was an unbeliever. But when he discovered Joshua's altar and he found it right there between the mountains at Shechem, he found it right, found it right where the Bible said it's supposed to be, that archaeologist became a believer because he realized God's word is true. And the more he dug and the more he found and read, he's like, oh, yeah, there it is. He became a believer and accepted Jesus Christ can you imagine what it, to be the guy that it took discovering Joshua's altar to get saved? <laughs> A little easier for us here, isn't it? I can just tell you to have accepted Jesus. And you can do it right now. This guy discovered the altar. Do you want God's p- peace and blessing? Then know that it's true that when God says, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Because God's word is true. It's true. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Oh, I can disprove it. No, you can't. You can disprove it in your head, but you can't disprove it in your heart. God's word is true. The Israelites knew in their minds the covenant that God made with them, but they needed to be reminded again before entering in. They needed to really get it down here. Some of you may have been walking with Christ for a long time. And maybe you kind of got off track and you started doing things your own way. I'm standing here to remind you again, do things God's way. Have enough of the curse in your life, the trouble, the trial, the mess that you can't figure out. Give it to God. Do not put your own hewn stones into that altar of of dedication. Just give it straight to him, pure and simple. It is that easy. And listen to what he tells you. If today is your own valley of decision day today, then choose yourselves this day, whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Father, I pray for those decisions to give their life to Jesus for salvation. Lord, maybe somebody thought they were saved because they were just saying, I'm not a Muslim, I'm not a Buddhist, so that must make me Christian. They have not realized until today that to be truly saved and to truly be have these curses lifted off of them and be, have it replaced with blessing, they have to pronounce you Lord. That means you are the complete and total boss. They have to build an altar in their heart. They have to take everything that they have prioritized above you and throw it on that altar and burn it up. And it has to be gone. We turn from our sins. We turn away from it and give ourselves 100% to you. If you haven't given yourself totally to God, you haven't given yourself to God at all. 100%. He's either Lord of your life or He's not. So, Father, I pray for anybody who's realizing this to give it up, to give it up to you, to surrender. Lord, hands in the air is a picture of surrender. It's a picture. Look, God, I have nothing in my hands. I have no weapon that I'm going to fire at you with. It's an international understood gesture of surrender. That's why we lift our hands in praise. Lord, I surrender. I give it all. Lord, help your people see that they need to give it up and make you, Lord, and trust in you. Lord, I want to pray for the saved people who have already done this but have somewhere along the way forgotten to stop and listen to your voice. That they stop and be reminded at this now here today, a valley of decision. They're aware of cursings and blessings, and now they have made a decision to say amen, to follow you. I thank you, Lord God for helping to guide us to not do things our own way, but to experience blessing in doing things your way. Thank you for your word so that we can see who you are and what you expect of us. I give my life to you, in Jesus' name. And all those who agreed to this, just like the Israelites, say amen. Wow, we just did like they did. Isn't that cool? Listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time. Unless Jesus returns for us first, Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at SetForLifeRadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you through a line by line, verse by verse study in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless, you are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life.
1: You'll be set for life.